Hello? You know you for this. Bitch, what? Let me tell you what happened. All these niggas in my DM, they be capping. I'm laughing, but I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. Let's start a podcast to talk about it. Let's give them something they can relate to yep. Made for the ladies but niggas can listen to Talk about experience, give advice Don't, Don't forget, forget to follow us and subscribe I can hear you you can hear me now. Okay. Your girl had the volume all the way. Oh, man. Look Pray for your girl because I am struggling today. It's always something. It always seems like when I'm the most prepared or I feel like I'm the most prepared, that's when shit hits the fucking fan. Like, it it's just, like it's not going to let me be great. <laughs> I'm not going to be great today. But anyway, I finally came back in after being live for seven minutes. And why am I so big on the download screen, Jesus? Hold on, let me fix this part too. This this is hap- this what happens when it's a one uh woman show. We was already struggling with two people. That was just me. So <laughs> you ain't struggling. You ain't struggling. Now, well. I have to get back into the groove of things because it's been like two weeks since I've been on live because last week I was sick and I'm going to talk about that. And a week mm-hmm. before I was a guest on a show um, where actually I did like a um, a virtual conference and I discussed some different things with different ladies. So that's why I missed out that first week. But we're back. We're here. Good. You got your wine because I showed need some. I was going to take yeah. an edible, but since I have to do the technical and moderate the show at the same time, mm. I, uh, I just need to drink. I don't need to add no alcohol. What's up, Tim? Tim, first of all, is that a virtual background that you got, or is that a backdrop? It's a backdrop. I ain't playing. My nigga, we, we going to have to talk. Oh, yeah, that backdrop. Yeah, that backdrop kind of nice. What's up, man? We got the bearded king, your certified lover boy on today. We waiting for Bradford to come in. He's going to tap in once he get out of school. He is in school to be a, um, I'm about to say an aviator. He's in school for aviation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> aviator are the, is the shades, all right? Are the shades. Hey, let me ask you. A little courage. Make sure um, you guys share the live. Make sure that you tag two or three friends to engage in the conversation because I believe tonight's topics are going to be really dope and very key, especially for us millennials. And I say that because we're going to be talking about questions that we should ask prior to dating somebody, prior to um, uh, getting into a commitment, before getting engaged, and before marriage, and even during marriage. We have questions that we need to ask one another. And the reason why I say it's very important for millennials, I always hear my age group talk about how difficult the dating pool is. But I figured, or it came to my mind, I think it's a little difficult because we were not taught to ask the right questions, you know, outside of what's your favorite color, what church you go to, can you quote a Bible scripture? You know, (laughs) that's about all we were taught to do. And we would just leave everything else up to God and, you know, 
and so forth. So I think this would be really key. So if you know somebody that is in the dating pool, that's in a relationship, think about getting married, make sure that you tag them so they can ask questions or, you know, so that they can know what to ask in their situation. So we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to introduce our two special guests, two of the three guests that we have tonight on my I don't even know what side it is, but at the top corner, we have certified lover boy, Mr. Chris Moran. How you doing? Say what's up to the people. Tell them about what you have going on, how they can find you on social media and so forth. And then Tim, you can follow him. All right. What's up, people? I guess that certified lover boy is going to stick. Shouts out to Jalen. Yeah, that's your nickname now. Shouts out to Jalen for coining me with that on her podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what's up, y'all? Name's Chris. Um, yeah, I work out a lot. Uh, I'm a boxer, no shirt. Coach, coach. Yeah, no shirt. Check my uh, check my page actually. Check my page right there. See Moran one. I got my shirt off the first couple of pictures. Y'all can see it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm a coach at uh, at Mayweather Boxing. Uh, it's one of my side hustles, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Short and sweet. Keep it rocking. Come out with the inspirational quotes every now and then. Hopefully, y'all get some. That's dope because I do like inspirational prayers. I, I was doing them daily, but I decided to kind of do them like every other day because mm -hmm. I can't think about things to pray for until it comes to me. So that's real dope that you do the inspirational quotes. Do you have an actual page for that? Did you mention that? No, no, not for not for quotes. It's more okay. so when you're talking. I, I you know, like that. Oh, kind of so you got like a visual conversation, yeah. visual quote? Yeah. Okay, that's pretty dope. And because I always look to different people for inspiration and stuff, not just to use for my personal things, but for me personally. I know that I do my quotes and stuff and videos to inspire other people, but every now and again, I need some inspiration and some help too. So always. I'm definitely going to check that out. Always going to so, that. First of all, Tim, we're going to call you the bearded king, okay? The <laughs> Because your beard has grown significantly since the first time I met you. I think I met, I've known you for almost a year now. It's been about a year since we met on um, Frank's podcast, which is dope. So I'm tell really them dope. about you and how they can find your social media, what you have going. And then I need you to explain to me what this shirt means. Uh, you can find me. My name is the same no matter where you go. Uh, it's Tim D. Clinton. Um. Right now, I'm doing a lot of podcasting, um, YouTube, uh, got my own clothing line, Blackology. Um, oh, yeah. Blackology.com. Uh, I'm releasing my beard oil. I'm glad you mentioned my beard because I'm releasing my beard oil uh, next month, Neurology. And that will be on my site that is actually up, uh, Tim D. Clinton dot com so y'all can go over there and subscribe um i got something special As a matter of fact i might as well announce it now um mm -hmm. we're doing a ten thousand dollar gas uh giveaway i haven't really announced the city yet uh memphis <laughs> no <laughs> yeah we, so we're doing um ten thousand dollar uh giveaway my team actually we are uh while well, i stay here in jacksonville uh, we're doing a campaign for homeless, not just so much uh, for just, you know, uh, praying and giving them some food. But we're actually setting up uh, job booths 
uh, overdrafting sites and things like to that counseling. Counselors are going to be on. Uh, so y'all want to subscribe uh, to the site uh, so y'all know certain things like this is going to pop up. Um, and again, you know, I'm a music producer. I don't really put too much emphasis on that. But uh, oh, so you're a gospel producer. Yeah, I'm not just gospel though. I'm trying to put me in the They said, don't box him in like that. No. Hey, should have boxed me in the gospel. <laughs> you know, I didn't play for a lot of uh different artists, you know. I didn't did the MC. I'm sure you have. You're very talented from what I've seen, like you know, you playing on live and so forth, and all the different people that you know um gas you up and so forth. You sound like you're a jack of all trades, but I need to know what does your shirt mean? Or like pronounce it. Yeah, I, I just bought this at the mall. And it's also a yeah, I don't know what they're saying. I just like it's, it looks like equip equip. Oh, this looks like something I'm gonna have to Google. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I, got from, I got it from one of the most stores. I was like, oh, this is black. I've been wearing black lately, so uh, and I gotta get one of your shirts too, bro. So yeah. Uh, black, everybody, everybody. everybody asked me about yeah. it. It's two black Wall Streets. This mm -hmm. is the one in North Carolina. And, and oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. know nothing about that. Is it a documentary on there, or is it something that we just have to Google and research? I think you have to Google and research it, but literally, okay. and it's still there today. But um, it's just oh, a lot okay. of black-owned businesses on one on one street. Uh, my brother and his family live there, and he brought me over there, and that's where this brand comes from. So, but all I, right. I, I need, I'm gonna need all them shirts, because uh, I love wearing graphic tees, specifically one that um highlights the black community. So, hey. Send me the links. I will repost, and I will be getting one for myself. Or you can send me one for free, however you want to do it, you know. <laughs> so normally we talk about, like, how our week went. And I'm going to go first. So last week I was supposed to go live and do the podcast, but I had to cancel, like, literally an hour before because I think I almost overdosed. Not on uh booger sugar, <laughs> off of pain medicine, not the lower tabs or anything like that, just regular like Tylenol Advil. And the reason because I had a tooth that needed to be taken out and I was in so much pain, you know how like you think you, you know, a doctor and trying to cross mix medicine sometimes to alleviate their pain because it got to it got so bad to where nothing was working so i was like you know what i started throwing up early that morning i talked to my mom and she was like you pregnant it don't matter like if i sneeze my mom would be like you you pregnant and i'm like mama no there's nobody i like enough to have their baby right now so that's not the case so throughout the day i was throwing up constantly constantly throwing up and then um i started feeling better around five o'clock and right at seven o'clock I started back throwing up again, so I had to cancel. Thankfully, the next day, I was able to get the tooth extracted. However, I was still weak from throwing up, so I was still dehydrated. I didn't go to the emergency room, but, you know, I'm better now. Um, my jaw was, like, swollen. I couldn't talk. I, like, I felt like a toddler trying to eat. It's like, y'all, take care of your teeth. My, I'm addicted to sugar. Okay, and that's how I ended up here years and years of 
uh, drinking sodas and eating candy. And I didn't start really getting serious about my dental hygiene until I got to my uh, mid-20s, early 30s. And, you know, usually by then, it's already an issue. So take care of them teeth or you're going to be like me missing your side tooth. It's gone, y'all. She was about to get on. She was trying to get on the podcast. She was like, should, should I do it? She was like, I, I, I was going to try to be a truthful and like actually, you know, try to go through with it. But it's best that I didn't because it would have been a travesty if I would have just threw up on the screen or some shit like that. That would have been fucked up. So that's not the case. So, gentlemen, anything interesting happened in your week or do you guys want to go ahead and jump into today's topics? Um, I can say I don't for create me, no stories now. No, nah, no, nah, I completed a, a goal of mine for 2020, which is to compete in the CrossFit Open. Mm -hmm. I got the CrossFit bug, everybody in that CrossFit life, and so I just completed that. The last workout was this past Saturday, so that was pretty cool. So, uh, big, okay. I feel like it's a good accomplishment for me, but yeah. Now, Tim, you always have like interesting stories. Did anything happen to you uh, this week? I'm trying to think. Uh, that's worth talking about. Nah, probably. Probably <laughs> <Like, laughs> he got ten different things that's worth talking about. He just like, nah, he ain't really. Yeah. You know, he talked about what like, he had going on, like just on, on a daily basis versus like something specific that happened, like a story. I'm a, I'm gonna be honest, and they probably, oh, nah, I might not. I'm trying to. You got to be wise when you say stuff live. I want to talk about this though tonight since we're here is mm -hmm. what determines a committed relationship without well, we wait a minute we ain't even got there yet you, you no, stopped let me moderate the show no I'm saying that's what I know we're going to talk about it. I ain't getting into it I'm just saying that that's part of what my week was okay mm. Oh, okay. Well, we we will definitely talk about that when it comes up. So before we get started, I actually want to do an icebreaker question because it will kind of lead into what we're talking about today. So we have, you're going to rank it. All right. And which of these are the most important to you? You have personality, finances, sex, family, spiritual beliefs, physical attraction. So, anybody can go, Tim, Chris, which one of these, like, rank them in orders of importance to you? Hmm. Now, is this based upon what, what, <laughs> what we know? The okay. People you know, like, okay, somebody that you're actually considering a serious relationship with, commitment, maybe marriage one day. I'm not talking about, you know, your, your smash buddies. They don't count. Okay. Somebody that you consider dating seriously, not just like for play play. All right. Seriously? Spiritual beliefs got to be up there because I've seen instances where two people have different beliefs. They try to get married and they have kids and it's just a conflict of war of mm -hmm. which way to go. So that's one. Family for me is is two mm -hmm. family dynamic is very important to me obviously you got to be physically attracted to somebody that has sex. well you don't have to be but you should be physically attracted to them to have sex so i'm gonna say 
Oh, my bad. Personality's up there. My bad. Personality is after family. Mm-hmm. Then physical attraction, sex. I know finances should be up there at the top. Mm-hmm. But if I'm looking at all these, it's going to have to be the last one for me. All righty. TM, what about you? Personality is going to be my number one and is very, very high um, because everybody is somebody they're not now. Mm-hmm. And so you really don't know who you're getting. So it's like a it's a plus when you get somebody who's authentically okay with being who they are. They're not trying to, they, they don't purchase stuff they can't purchase. They're not trying to put on a front. If they, you know, it is what it is. Uh, two would be uh, family. I'm big on family only because I did it before. I was married and I, and I know uh, the pros of being married and having a family. I know when people get divorced, all they talk about is the bad side of it. But if you if you really understand what it's like to be to have your family, it's really an amazing thing. Um, two, I would say sex. I'm very sexual. Uh, I'll be feeling sometimes like a porn star. I need to have. I need to have. Sometimes, oh, you know. Uh. That's one, two, three. We got family, physical attraction for sure, but I'm not going to put too much emphasis on it because I know eventually all of what I see will eventually sag down to a level. And it's always going to be somebody that's going to look better than mine. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't, I don't necessarily just want to fall in love with what I see. I want to be mm-hmm. more engaged with what I can't see. So. Physical, physical can go in a lot of different places. I won't put that one through ten. You know, yeah. it can be um, the only reason. And I and I and I wanted to put spiritual as my number one, mm-hmm. but, but but since I was raised in a culture where it was just church folk, mm-hmm. church, church women really get on my nerves. To be honest, <laughs> with and they and it's and it's sad because of how we were taught. Right. I don't. I don't just necessarily blame them for how they are, and so when they when when you're engaged with a woman that's that thinks she's being spiritual is very unattractive, especially the prophet and the prayer warrior and those people that think they're deep and they think this is what who God is. I don't. I don't need that. So that's like my last thing. So I kind of will blend that in with the personality, and I'm with you on the finances. Um, that surprises me. I thought finances would be up at the top on yours. It it, it it is, but it's not because I know we are in a whole different dispensation when it comes to making money. Making money now, there's so many different ways you can do it. And so that's why when people had a conversation of trying to have a traditional relationship, like we stuck in the 90s, we don't live in that day now. And so- right. I don't I don't necessarily put that much on the relationship when it comes to finance. Like, listen, how much do you make? Don't play with me. Don't tell me you got something going on or you got something coming up. You know, do you make 50 a year? Do you make 60, 70? Okay. You let's take your 70, put my 80, put my 90, put my whatever we got. Let's put our stuff together and then we'll figure out, you know, how we're gonna right. We ain't got to play it like we got it going on. If you ain't got a million dollars, you ain't got a million dollars. 
If you exactly. make you see what that, that combined income, you can rock with that combined income, especially if you're self-sufficient. You've been doing it by yes. yourself already. Yes. Mm-hmm. All, I so, need actually, all I need is extra 30000 You ain't got to be. So I, okay. So I have to give mine. It's going to be different because I am a woman. One. Okay. So it's going to be different. So personality for me is number one. Spiritual beliefs is not number one, but like Tim said, it ties into the personality because I also grew up in the church and I mistakenly used that as my number one and didn't really look at everything else. You know, I felt like if you had God, everything else would be covered. And that's not 100 percent true for everybody. So for me, um, spiritual beliefs, depending on like where you are, like I'm not real. Like, you don't have to be a prayer warrior. You don't have to be a bishop or anything like that. You know, are you a believer or have you ever believed? Because there are some people, you may meet them in their life and they might be struggling with their faith. And then you come along, you could be an inspiration to them that will help lead them back into their faith. So I am a little more flexible now in my life than I was when I was a lot younger being a a church kid. So um, the next thing would be, um, ooh, it's a cross between either family or finances. And the reason why I say finances for me, not because um, I have to have a man with a certain amount of money, it's more so about your financial mentality, you Mm -hmm. know, because you can make six figures or you can make all this different money and still have poor spending habits and you still living from check to check or lick to lick or gig to gig. So Mm -hmm. because I struggled with that a whole lot in my previous marriage, that's something that I don't desire to do because I'm 36 years old and more than likely by the time I get married again, it may not be until I'm 39 or 40 years old, if that's so I think that I want someone who's more mentally um, sound when it comes to finances. And even though like me, I'm still working on that. I don't feel like I want to get in a relationship until I have gotten a better hold on being financially stable, especially with me having restart, you know, going through divorce and everything. So yeah. that's second. Then family. Um, and the reason why I say that it, it depends because ironically, in my previous marriage, I got along great with their family. Like I still am very close to them, even though I'm no longer in the relationship. However, I do know that there are some people that they may not have the best relationship with their family, but as long as our close family, you know, situation is tight, then maybe we can work through those other things. Um, sex is very important to me. Um, it used to didn't be as important, but I, that's the closest you can be to your partner intimately is through that physical act. That's not the only way, but that's the closest way you can by giving your body to somebody else. Um, and then physical attraction. Because I feel like if your personality is really, really great, I typically am attracted to you through that. Because I've dated guys that may not be quote unquote the best looker, but you know they have really great personalities. They were funny. They were very care- caring and charming. So that for me turned me on and made me physically attracted to them. It's not always just like how you look on the outside. I need to know what's up in here and what's up in here as well. So oh, yeah. those are the, I said, um, ugly, dude, ugly dude with a beautiful woman. I'm like, yo, you make her laugh every day. Right. And I mean, and even like being beautiful, how many beautiful people that you have met that don't have 
nothing in their brain. Like, I'm just beautiful, and everybody's supposed to cater and cower to me. I don't have any type of talent or business wherewithal or anything. There are several women and men that use their looks and their bodies just, you know, hey, I'm a Greek god, I am a Greek princess, or whatever, and just, yeah, I look good treat me like a queen and a king. So I feel like if you have a great personality, that really outshines everything else. Because if you have a good personality, nine times out of 10, you might be more mindful about your spiritual beliefs, your finances, um, pleasing your partner sexually and having a good family and so forth. So that's why I rank personality as number one. All right. So our next question is, uh, and we're going to build up to what Tim was talking about earlier. Um, this question is, what do you think are some appropriate first date questions to ask? I'm not talking about your favorite color, your favorite, um, yeah, favorite colors and stuff. That, that's irrelevant to me. Um, I would say a first date question I would ask, I would say like your favorite type of music and movies you like to watch. And I say that because I'm very heavily into music. I sing in a band. I, you know, am getting into DJing and all different types of stuff. Like music is my life. So if me and you don't match musically, that, that can be an issue because music is a love language for me. As well as, you know, what type of movies and things that you like to do um, in your free time, because like if you're a very outdoors person all the time, then nine times out of ten, we may not go out as often because I am not into kayaking and, and stuff like that. I will try it. I'm open to trying everything once, but just if that's all we're going to do, no. If you're a type of person that just like to sit in the house all day and just Netflix and chill, that's not going to work for me. I like to go out and do different things. So for me, I like to ask, well, what do you like to do for fun? Or what type of hobbies do you have? As well as what kind of music do you like? So gentlemen, what questions do you feel like are appropriate to ask on a first date? Like maybe you guys might have had a conversation. Or if you guys met on a dating app and this is your first time actually meeting each other physically, what questions do you think are important to ask yeah i, I mean oh I, i'm 32 now and so like the whole asking question thing like that gets so old and drawn out mine's more of a, a conversational piece i need to see if you check the vibe check first i don't really have to know all the detailed questions about your life until like the third or fourth date i gotta know i'm in that if i'm in an area where it's just me and you and mm -hmm. me and you have to have a conversation because there's literally nothing else to do no tv on no nothing maybe some music on in the background i gotta know that we can just have a casual conversation so my first date i'm not even asking a whole bunch of questions i'm talking about something of a mutual interest that we could possibly have so i don't get into the whole like you know what do you do for a living um what are things that you like to do i mean it it can come up naturally in the conversation but i don't go in a first date looking for key questions to ask wow. okay. all right tim yeah i'm 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 a piggyback i i i totally agree because it turns into interview yes I don't think we should necessarily be trying to interview. I don't want to know your five-year plan on the first day. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not you know, Sometimes I do like a little drama, mm -hmm. but I don't Wait, really want to know. What do you mean by drama? Um, explain. 
Because I want to know, and it could just be me, but I do want to know what happened in like your last relationship. Not not in per se in far as like the sex life and all mm-hmm. of that. I don't, I don't care nothing about that. You know, if, if it comes up like what happened, you know, if somebody asks me, I'm kind of over it, so I'm I'm free to tell, you know, but I'm not gonna really get in your business or like that, like what y'all did and all of that and all of that. But if you want to know, but cool. I, for far as questions though, uh, if I did ask a question, I probably would say something like, uh, uh, "How long you've been here? How long you lived uh, here? What you think about the area?" Um, what's what's some other cool spots that we may be able to go to? Yeah, that's good. In in the city, um, uh, I'm a I'm a comedian. I think I miss my calling. So, re- re- really, I want to laugh and like the. I hope it's a live band. And when he talk about vibe and energy, I'm with him on that because it's key that you know certain songs, especially if we're gonna deal with the '90s. Like right. if they start, they start singing stuff like "Can We," like if you if you start shifting into a dance, I know I got me a good girl. Right. But if you start right. looking like you don't know what's going on, I'm in trouble. And see, I'm really like, I'm into '80s music. I like, well, I like all music, so I can go from R&B to pop, rock, hip hop. Like I, I love everything. But '80s is like my favorite era of music out of everything. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I was born in the '80s. I'm not sure. But I, I like Tim's idea about the live music because that fits into what you were saying, uh, Chris, about having a vibe. Because you really can't talk a whole lot while you listen to live music, but you can kind of get the sense of how that person is by being there. Like if they real uptight and snooty and looking around, constantly checking their phone then that lets you know okay their interest level may not be as high as yours may be or, or what have you so I, I give you that um most of my first dates are typically either like coffee get grabbing a drink or um going to hear live music so with all that coffee dates are cool if it doesn't turn into that interview because a lot of people have interviews for jobs at coffee places too <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's not a sit down, like, well, no, no. And, and I, I think a lot of people have difficulty with sparking conversation. Like, me, I, I talk a lot more now, of course, than I ever in my life, but I've always been able to carry a conversation. Like, I will start off on one thing and we'll be talking about aliens by the time I get mm-hmm. done having a conversation. So I can you know, carry the conversation. So it wouldn't be like, oh, so what's your favorite color? What do you like to eat? Where do you like to shop? Where do you, like, that can get real irritating. And ladies, coming from a lady, I'm not a man, but they can be agitated when you feel like you're sitting there for an interview versus having a conversation because they want to know your personality, who you are versus you try to drill them down. That stems from a lot of women on a timeline or uh, got their clocks ticking and they got to find somebody quick, you know, so they can go and get married and have them babies or they trying to be in a relationship 30 days later. So, hey, hey, check this out. Hey, D, I'm glad you mentioned that because. I was at a spot the other week, right? And mm-hmm. I, I went by myself, uh, had me a little drink. And uh, it, it, was a, it was a girl sitting next to me. 
and she really wasn't that attractive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, I said he- she was kind of heavy. It's not my thing because I just can't handle it. But she was kind of she was kind of heavy, and it was like if 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 I'm saying this is my go to, this is not my go to. But we sit, we chilling, we having a conversation, right? So I don't know what she said. Let me ask you this: like, what's, what's your take on why Russia decided to take uh, attack? You talked about that last week, or last time we was on the podcast. You were like somebody that can talk to me about like. Hey, hey. I she was she all that weight. I was like, dang, I'm, I'm kind of interested now. And me and her, the vibe was cool. You know, the, the the conversation was intelligent, and it was just like I didn't want to leave. You know, we ain't, we ain't exchanged numbers, but for the night, that's what I'm scared of, bro. I'm scared of getting a, like having a, a woman that might be unattractive to me, but she hit all the other areas. And so you like, yeah, that is scary. But, but scary. see, that that's that's the thing though. Like that's the risk that you take. That's the same risk you take with somebody that's very attractive, and then they don't have no substance. So it, it's a catch twenty two either way. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, rather yeah. have somebody. I would rather me personally, me being where I am in my life, me already being married. Me, you know, um, in my Lord, I'm in my late 30s now. <laughs> I would prefer to have a good personality, somebody I can have a good time with. That's gonna make me attracted to you. If you look at my lineup of niggas that I done dated, you'd be like, girl, you ain't got no type because I go from Prince Charming to Shrek, you know, <laughs> if we uh, put them together, but you can see like their personalities, like. That's what stood out to me. So I don't think that's something either of you should be afraid about. If you really want somebody, that was a bad word. This is the word. A bad choice of words. Yeah, it's a bad choice of words. But you know, and you know, you bring up a good point too. Um, I think sometimes your lens from being already married and then Mm -hmm. being divorced, you have a different lens than somebody like me who's never been married before. Exactly. I'm going to tell you, like, I literally, when I was dating at first, if you couldn't tell me what church you went to, tell me the pastor's name, get called a scripture, and a lot of that stemmed stemmed from my my parents, and it wasn't like a bad thing, because you're you're supposed to make sure that, um, you're supposed to make sure that you have somebody of substance, however, you know, the way I was looking at it, I was looking at it from the wrong lens. I was just looking at it from spirituality and all that kind of stuff versus personality. And, you know, it was one guy that I was dating and I did not date him because he would not attend attend my church. Like it was to that point. And even though I I wasn't apostolic because they had that kind of, um, that I don't, I don't want to say mentality, but they have that belief that if you marry someone outside of the apostolic church, they have to actually attend your church. Otherwise, that's a no-go. And even though, like I said, I'm not apostolic, I had that same mentality that, oh, you got to come to my church because my dad, the pastor, and so forth. So that was one of the biggest mistakes I made during dating that I learned the hard way that I no longer make as big of a requirement you know, as it, it used to be for me. So yeah. I just wanted to add that in from personal perspective, because ladies, you know, especially by prayer words and, and spiritual people, it's, it's good to have a man that attend church, but I want somebody that love God first, because it'd be some of the folks that attend church that be the ones that really worship the devil. 
Um, so we're not gonna get into to that. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, man. So I do want to go to the next question. Um, what are some questions that's off limits for you on a first date? Like that will make you feel uncomfortable, that will make you be like, you know what, that'll do it. Don't have to worry about me. Like they uh they're mean. <laughs> oh, I gotta plug on my computer. Hmm. Y'all really thinking? Uh, I, to be honest, I don't like when people ask me on a first date about why my marriage ended because there's so many layers to it, and it takes time to open up to a person about something like that. So that is a question that's off limits to me because I'm still learning how to not go off on the deep end about it. So I feel like if I'm asked that question, they may prompt me to go off on the deep end. And then a lot of men don't like to hear a whole lot about your ex, especially when they first get to know you. Like as time go on, you know, they may want to hear a few more stories or whatever. But for me asking about my my ex, um, asking about my money, you know, you can ask me what I do for a living. That's one thing. But asking me about my finances, I feel like that's inappropriate for a first date. I'm not saying during the dating process or commitment. I'm saying when we first meet up, I think those are my top two questions that are off limits. Yeah. I kind of agree with that, too. Because I feel like after a certain point, whether you, whether you make a lot of money or whether you don't make a lot of money, Feel like if you're asking that question, if you're asking in-depth questions like that about finances and stuff, you're just looking for, you know, you're looking for your golden ticket. Or if not, you're looking for your golden ticket. You're looking for somebody who can be substantial for you. Um, right. This girl, we wouldn't, even, we weren't even on a date. I had, we were like talking at a at a function. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, "Oh yeah, so what do you do?" Like. That was the first question that she asked me. Not what was my name, nothing like this. It was like, what do you do? And when I told her, she was like, oh, okay. And then like that intrigued her to want to keep talking to me. I'm like, nah, that's not, you know, (laughs) that ain't it. She a gold digger. Yeah. Well, I don't know if she's an actual gold digger. I don't want to. She might not be, but status is important to her. And I mean, and it could be that she didn't know what other questions to actually ask. So a lot of people do start off with like, what do you do? Like to start a conversation. So it just depends on what her energy she was giving you and so forth. But I can see from a man's standpoint how irritating they can be. What do you do and how much money you make? What about you, Tim? Were you able to think of something that's off limits for you? Yeah, that definitely is my number one. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, um, I don't even mind if you ask me what I do for a living. I'm cool with that. But how much money you make? Nah, that's too. I'm still going back to Chris. It's, it's a lot of stuff. We need to wait till like the third or, or fourth date to, mm-hmm. to dive right in. Because to be honest, it um, some of the most dangerous questions that women ask come from older women because they feel like their time is running out. So they feel like, listen, let's not waste time. I'm gonna just get, I'm gonna say, well, I'm gonna have to say on this first date, but they don't understand that 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 leads you further away from the goal you're trying to accomplish in a relationship. So uh, you gotta be very cautious on what you ask on that first date. I don't care if you're 50. Right. 
And that's what I'm learning like now that I'm back in the dating game, since everything has dramatically changed from the time I got married to now. It's like things that I used to do, I no longer do. It's certain stuff that I'm just not going to ask. I'm not going to bring up. If you don't want to talk about it, I'm not going to make you talk about it. And I've learned that over time, if that man feels comfortable enough with you, he's going to automatically share. So I don't have to be the one to always ask and bring up the questions and drill, you know, what I want out of you so or dig what I want out of you so I've learned that and I really feel like that's a really good tip for most women to like just just let it flow and I don't mean the flow like you know how some guys be like we just gonna see how it go and, and, and it's a it's a difference in letting it flow and seeing how it goes seeing how it goes it's like they really don't have any intentions of building anything with you they just want you to come over and kick it every now and again you know they may take you out if you complain enough that's different from allowing things to flow naturally you know yeah. it's like it's like this feeling that I tend to get when I feel comfortable enough to ask certain things or to have certain conversations. That's my version of letting it flow. So I just wanted to add that in because I be seeing a lot of times on other female podcasts and just other conversations that I hear women talk about, like, sis, you know, chill out. I know you got your five-year plan, like TM call it, but everything does not go to the plan. Trust me, I had one. That shit didn't work. So well, we do something After a certain age or so, we're all, you know, above our 30s. After a certain age, there should be some context clues in the back of your head. If I am taking time out of my day mm-hmm. to take you somewhere or to meet you somewhere, there should be some mutual understanding that there is something that particularly interests me in you. Now, depending on the dude, depending on the situation, maybe they just want you physically. Maybe they, maybe they do want you in a relationship phase, but I mean, you can kind of filter through the weeds on that, which is why if you really kind of feeling somebody that third or fourth date is needed. I, I can't stand sometimes when people are like, Oh, well, you're going to go on a date, another date with them. Nah, I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I don't, and you ask them and they can't really tell you. It's not like the vibe was off, nothing like that. They just, some people don't want to put in that work. They just don't think you're worth it. And they don't mean you're worthless. You, yeah. They just don't think you're worth it to them. You know, that's just like um, certain stores that you shop at. I don't think it's worth spending a certain amount of money on particular items versus certain things. Like uh-huh. if I don't really shop at, at Walmart like that. But it's certain shit I ain't gonna buy at a Target that I'm gonna buy at Walmart because it's not worth it in Target right. versus at Walmart. So mm-hmm. I, I use that analogy to say that just because a man or a woman don't feel like you're worth it to them to put that type of energy in, that does not make you worthless. That means that somebody else is willing to put that energy in. And that's something that I had to learn and not feel so upset about when I find out a guy's intentions is not to actually date me. I also learned to allow the man to plan the dates. Like, not necessarily like every single date we go on, he has to be the one to plan the date. More so plan the time of when he wants to see me. And then we can discuss what we want to do. And I'll make a suggestion. Well, how about this? Well, what do you think about this? What ideas do you have? And then from there, we can come up with something to where we can, you know, plan a date, whether that's going out or if we just decide to stay in that night, you know. So I'm learning as I go. And it's been working. You know, I've been getting better results than I have when I first started dating. 
after getting um divorced till to now. So I do have another question. I have a and I think we kind of covered this already. At what point do you feel comfortable uh with opening up to someone you're dating? So this at this point. You guys have been on a couple of dates already, and you're consistently seeing each other. That doesn't mean that it's exclusive. You're just consistently going out on dates. Mm-hmm. What point do you feel comfortable opening up to that person? Whether it's with past traumas, past relationships, any health issues you may have, or anything that you wouldn't feel comfortable talking about early on in the dating relationship. I'm, I mean, for me, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna skew anybody wrong. I'm not gonna give a woman any type of pitfalls later on down the road because I'm pretty much an open book. So probably like the third, the third or fourth date. I don't know why we keep saying third or fourth date. That's just my metric, I guess. But third or fourth date, you are gonna know more about me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll open up a little bit and tell you some things that maybe the regular day to day person that messes me don't know. But that's only if I feel like all right, whether we work out or not you're not going to go out and air out. You know, that's that's, that's the tricky part is building the trust to know that that person won't tell your business and that they won't use what you told them against you. So for me, it's not necessarily a time frame because I can literally talk to somebody every day for a couple of hours out of a day and actually get closer to them in a shorter time versus somebody I may talk to sporadically over a longer list of time. It's just a, like, I always go off of feeling and vibes. And I know sometimes that's difficult to decipher, mm-hmm. but for me, I go off of how I feel like, okay, I'm building trust with you. You've done certain things or said some things that said certain things that make me feel like, okay, I feel like I can share this with you. I don't have, not to my knowledge, like too many traumatic experiences that I don't already talk about publicly anyway, but there are some private things that I don't share publicly because I like to keep it private. Plus, you know, everybody can't know everything. I ain't that much of an open book. I'm more like a a pamphlet or you know <laughs> a magazine and let you know about the program you're about to get into and then they right. get- you, know, you, you get a brief summary of who i am and then if you care to indulge further then you can you know subscribe yeah. here by taking me out on some more dates and spending more quality time with me so tim do you have like a specific point is there like a timeline or anything that you have? Well, man, that's a tough one. I'm going to tell you why it's tough. Um, and I don't want to say because I, what if I, based on my experiences, mm-hmm. but my, my experiences and others made me come to this conclusion. I'm, I'm real big on friendship yes. and my friendship is not predicated on what the internet talking about this friend zone that stuff that that, that, that they talk about. Um, if I don't feel like this person is a friend, there's certain stuff I'm really not going to be able to talk about. Right. Um, and 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 the friend that I'm referring to is not the friend that we remain friends. It's like we are really shifting to a committed relationship. Yeah, not platonic and, friends, a romantic friendship. A romantic friendship that I know this is my long, uh, my lifetime partner. 
Um, just, a, just a couple dates for me. I really can't just discuss uh, some past history that maybe only three or four people notice about me. You ain't that special yet. I know you look good. <laughs> I know it, it, it may felt good, <laughs> but I can't. I can't afford you to tell your girlfriend, or I can't. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Like what I'm telling you. It really has to stay here, and I'm trusting you because here's the thing: the one time, one time, not two, you mismanage my trust, especially in that early stage. Mm-hmm. Game, right. you can be, you can be the finest woman in the hey, world. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, as a woman, that's something I had to learn. I'm not saying this to like shit on women or anything like that or be a pick me i'm telling you from experience that you have to keep certain if a man feels comfortable enough to share intimate details about his life with you you have to keep that to yourself no matter how bad you want to tell your friend not because a lot of times women we tell our friends not in the sense of oh girl let me tell you what he told me it's more so we just talking intimately with our friends and then we just you know run off at the mouth and then they just that that creates a recipe for disaster. Now you may have a friend that may never mumble a word and never say anything, but you just can't take that chance of them ever finding out that you mentioned something. Even like there's certain things I'm not gonna share with my mama or sister or anything like that. I'm gonna keep that private to myself because that person shared the information with me privately. There are guys that I dated in the past that shared things with me privately. To this day, I still won't reveal because you came to me in confidence. And regardless if the relationship was sour, even if you treated me like shit, in that moment when you shared that information with me, you trusted me with the information. And, you know, it's my desire to keep that information. And I feel like a man is comfortable with me. If he can lay in my lap, and let me rub his head. That's a clear indication to me that he feels comfortable with me, you know, or lay on my chest and I rub on him and stuff. And I'm not just saying like after we didn't have sex or some shit like that. I'm talking about just like after he gets off work or when we see each other, the first thing he want to do is, you know, hug on me or lay on me or something like that. I noticed that typically that's when, you know, they share a little bit more kind of like the Samson and Delilah type of thing. Yeah. Well, and like I'm not, I'm not a Delilah, you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna go back and share your business, but it's just like, that's the best difference I got. And like what Tim said, mismanagement. Mismanagement. Mm-hmm. So not even for me, my biggest thing is not even in the sense of like telling your other friends and stuff. My my thing is I think this said this the last time on the podcast. If you use what I tell you in confidence and then you try to flip it on me in an argument to get an advantage, that's when I will I will probably go off and never talk to you again. And then you can go and say whatever to everybody else. I don't really care about. But if it's in those conversations when you're at your when you 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 know, you know how you get when you're in a in a nice little altercation with Mm -hmm. your other, you just trying to jab and jab, but then when you go, when you take that right hook a little bit too low. And all of a sudden, you bring up something that I told you in confidence that I'm done. And that's why I don't like to argue because the Taurus in me, when we see red, we see red. So I'm going to try to avoid every form of altercation, like verbally, definitely physically. Right? I don't believe in putting my hands on anybody or somebody putting their hands on me. So I'm going to try to have a calm, collected conversation with you, you know, mm-hmm. and see if we can you know, share our feelings and thoughts. I'm going to listen and then hopefully 
Well, I want you to reciprocate by listening to me and hopefully we can come to a solution. Because if it's one of those you picking at me constantly or you just want to fight with me, I don't know what I may say or do. So I try very hard to not even get to that point, not even to like raise my voice or yell, even when I'm mad because all you're doing is adding fuel to the fire and you may blurt out something that you know you should not have said because you were angry. And that's mm -hmm. why I say be quick to, to listen and slow to speak as well as, you know, be angry and seeing not because, you know, I, I'm not trying to quote Bible scriptures and shit like that, but I'm just saying like those are actual things that you can add to your life. And I have had to do that because I have had a temper, you know, getting mad really quick and then saying running off at the mouth and stuff. So I had right. to definitely work on that because I, I did that in my uh, previous marriage. I did would, would say certain things that I knew was going to hit below the bill because by that point I was pissed off. So mm. in hindsight, I learned how, fucked up that was because I wouldn't want nobody to do that to me because I had that happen to me. I had somebody hit below the belt, you know, most recently and say something to me that really hurt me. And I was living, I was enraged, you know, to the point where I, it was on site for me. But thankfully I was able to talk to somebody to talk me out of and I'm okay. And I feel like if I was able to get over that thing that enraged me, then I'd be able to, you know, handle everything else. So is there anything else y'all want to add to like, um, being comfortable in that setting to to share that information with somebody that you're dating. And I'm not saying a relationship because hopefully by the time you make the decision to be in a relationship, you will feel comfortable enough to have that conversation with them. Um, I got 30 seconds while piggybacking okay. <laughs> what Chris, Chris said. I, I, um, you know, I think both parties have to make the room and when I mean room, the conversation conducive for each other uh, to even want to open up. I mean, sure. sometimes, like like Chris says, you can be kind of nervous. Be like, if, if I tell you this, are you listening from ear? Like, wow, I can't believe this is what happened. You know, I'm here for you, or I'm sorry this happened, or are you going to hold this for a later date? Mm -hmm. You know, and like 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 Chris said, that's an exit immediately. Like, I mean, the world, to be honest, y'all can say what y'all want to say, but it's so morally low. <laughs> me leaving you is not gonna hurt me. So you can blast right. me. <laughs> you can say, "Well, you, I'm not, I'm not about to stay into in a situation just because people think this is the right situation." Mm -mm. I gotta right. do, what's, you know, I gotta do what's comfortable for me, and it's and, and it's right Yes, trust and loyalty is big. Yeah, yeah. So, Tim, I do want to jump to what you were talking about earlier about defining what a committed relationship is because yeah. we were going to talk about next um, what questions to ask in a committed relationship. Or okay. what was it that you were asking? Or was that the question? So, my question is how do we define committed relationship without giving verbal uh, clarity. If that okay, makes sense. Th there's no such thing. Well, I mean, I'm be honest. Know. I'm be honest, D, and Chris know this. Certain things you can do when you're building to the commitment that they would just assume 
that is something without speaking or having a conversation. Yeah. No, no. This is what it is. I've learned the this hard way. Always say we're not together. It's no such thing as we together, but we not together. No, that you know, I have joked about that. You know, even like in the in the recent you know past couple of months. But I know for a fact, unless that man says it with his mouth that we're in a committed relationship, I want you to be my girlfriend. I want you to be my woman. Let's be together. Let's be exclusive first, you know, because for me, I feel like you date and then you decide to exclusively date to see if you guys will want to be in a relationship and then you make the next step to commitment. That's what I, that's how I see it. You know, everybody does it differently. Some people may meet and then a month later they decide to be together. But me personally, I prefer to date you for a little while and then look into being exclusive where we are cutting off everybody else. We're not open to dating anybody else. Cause right now I'm just dating, you know, I don't, I don't have a boyfriend and I'm not necessarily just getting in random entanglements and having situationships or, or fuck buddies. Like I'm past that stage. However, I'm not exclusively dating. So I'm only going to give my energy to where it's being reciprocated. Now, if somebody else comes along that matches their energy or give me more of what I want, then my attention may uh, shift towards that. That's where I am right now. However, until that man says, I want you to be in a relationship, I'm not going to really ask, what are we? Because I already know what we are. Because in the first couple of dates, we would have established what it is that we want. And if that person is not giving that to me, then I'm going to say, hey, you ain't doing nothing wrong. You're just not doing enough for me. And I'm going to have to you know, discontinue seeing you or whatever. So... I know there are a lot of women that tend to uh, assume that they're in a relationship, like Tim says. And even if a guy say, you the only girl I'm talking to, I still don't believe it until I know for a fact that we're in a committed relationship. I'm not going to necessarily say it has to be posted on social media because I see plenty of motherfuckers on social media booed up and in my DMs and all types of shit. So That's, um, a, whole, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, that, that's a whole nother <laughs> People be breaking up because your significant other don't push you on social media. That shit is crazy. I, right. I mean, and I'm, I'm pretty um, private about my dating, dating life. Like, I'm open about past situations that I've gone through, but my current dating situation, I tend to be pretty private because I am on social media a lot. I am on a different bunch of podcasts, and I don't want my person that I'm dating or people that I may tend to date to feel like I'm going to share everything that we do on the podcast. So I keep that private. So, gentlemen, like, what is a relationship to you or how do you know? Because y'all are really the ones who decide when we're in a relationship. Like women get to decide when we have sex, but men decide on commitment in marriage. Or did I answer the question for y'all? I mean, this is, uh, so this is what I'm going to say because there's, there's plenty of different avenues to go. For mm -hmm. One, I'm going to take this little nugget and I'm going to move on. If I'm talking to a girl and she tells me she's going on multiple dates, that lets me know she's not the one for me. And this is not to sound cocky. This is not to be nothing like that. But at the end of the day, if you meet me and you are interested in pursuing me, you're not going to mess up no chance with me by trying to go with other people on other dates to fish to see what you want. So, 
So are you saying if she tells you that? Or like, what if she is dating, but she doesn't let you know that she's dating other people? Like, I mean, it, it can happen. Y'all know y'all sneaky as hell. So it can happen. No, she it's not being it. sneaky. I know, it's I not know being sneaky. It's none of my business. Mean. It's none of my business. But right. if, you, if you are, I'm not going to be as mutually invested because I think some men too, let me not go on a, on a, I'm on a women blasting trip, but I think sometimes women or sometimes people like to date multiple people because they like the fact of having an interest and then they'll be like, Oh, well, he's been showing me a little bit more interest than the other person. So I'm going to talk to him. But the only reason why the other person wasn't showing you that much interest is because he knew that you would date like three other people. What I look like giving you my all when you give me only seven dollars. And that, that's what's complicated. And this is why I don't worry about who else is around. I am dating you. Now, if we decide to be intimate, I hope that we both be responsible and do the right thing by, you know, wearing protection and, and so forth, because you can find yourself up in a fucked up situation if you don't do that. However, I mean, if I'm not in committed to you, if you have not said to me, I want you to be my girlfriend, or if you have not said to me, I want us to be exclusive, meaning we're yeah. still dating, we're not together in a relation, committed relationship yet, but we're exclusively dating to see if that's the next step for us, then why I should I that. cut? Huh? I don't get that. See, this is this is what I don't like about dating right now in, in the area that we're in. But it's I mean, but that's just what it is. Okay, if you see, if there are two or three girls that you meet that you like, you're mm -hmm. gonna date two or three of them. You know, have conversations, go out on a couple of dates, and you're gonna pick the person that you feel like you're the most interested in that reciprocates their energy back to you. So if girl A, you know, and B and C, that you're attracted to mm -hmm. all of them. They have good conversation and so forth, but one is not giving you that same energy. Eventually, she's gonna fall off. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this right now, and this mm -hmm. might be too much because it's on a live podcast and it's recording. But I'm gonna be real with you. I mm -hmm. I don't ever. I've never been the type of person to date multiple people. Now, have I had sexual relations with multiple people at the same time? Multiple women at the same time? Yes. Because yeah, I see, there's two different things. I think a lot of men assume that when you're right, dating right. multiple people, that you're equally fucking every person that you date. Now, no. some women do that. Some men do that as well. But me personally, I just, that's just too much to keep up with. You know, and you got to keep the timeline of when last time you had sex and all that kind of right, stuff. So right. as I've gotten older, I have like completely just stopped doing this shit because it's, I don't. Like now, I'm not dating a whole lot of people because it is hard to manage, you know, especially with me being a uh, single parent. You know, I well, I'm a parent that's dating, a parent that's single. It's this new term that they came up with. But well, it's, it's difficult to do that. And what you say? That's an easy answer, though. Are you texting somebody that, you, that you're kind of interested in right now? Mm-hmm. All right, then you're you're sing you're a single mom in your day. Yeah, I, I'm I'm seeing yeah I'm seeing someone, but I'm yeah. not exclusive and I'm not in a committed relationship. So what that means is I may be somebody in the future that might, you know, align more with what I want. But I also know on the flip side that can happen with the the other person. 
you know, they can meet somebody else down the line and like them more. And all I ask for is that you communicate that with me. That doesn't mean my feelings won't be hurt. That doesn't mean I won't be sad or angry, but I can respect you if you communicate, hey, you know, we've been dating or whatever, but I met someone else and I want to whatever, you know. But I just I already assumed that, you know, you're dating other people, you know, until you tell me that you just want to be with me. I never assume that I'm the only person, even if I'm told, well, you're the only person I'm seeing. Yeah, that might be today, you know, but what about next week or three weeks ago or whatever? So my, well, my thing might be different for me, though. My thing is, if I'm talking to two people and I don't know, that means I don't want either one of them. Because if if I was truly feeling somebody or truly wanting to be with somebody, I would almost have blinders on because I want to give him my best foot forward and try to talk to somebody. Now, maybe that's just. Well, how do you get to that point, though? I mean, you're going to have a couple of people that you're talking to. Talking to somebody and dating somebody is is different. I understand. But this this is my problem with that whole process. It's like Mm -hmm. nowadays we make it so complicated. Like we always have to, we almost have to draw up a Venn diagram on showing you. (laughs) how how do you date because my my three stages of dating might be totally different than yours and that's yeah. where the confusion lies sometimes and that's just, where you communicate that like and through yeah. conversation you know that's why i feel like in the dating process you have that conversation because you know i may think dating is one thing and you may think dating is something else just like you know tim said earlier being in a committed relationship some women assume that if we fucking and we spend a lot of time together that we're in a relationship you know i've even yeah. had a key to somebody's apartment I had a whole key, could come and go as I please, and we were not in a committed relationship. So I think that's up to the two parties involved to have that. Like I said, I'm not as quick to say, what are we? Because I typically, you know, am very upfront when I first meet a person or as I'm getting to know them, I let them know, look, I'm not trying to rush into a relationship, but I'm not trying to intentionally waste my time. And what that means is if you know for a fact that you only just want to smash me or you have no desire to be in a relationship anytime soon, then maybe I'm not the person to date for you. Now, I'm not going to say that on date number one, I really like to take time to like get to know you a little bit, talk with you a little bit, you know, to kind of feel you out, but I don't think it's that complicated or it's not that complicated to right. me, but you know, I am a woman, so we do think a little differently for me and it's like cut and dry. So yeah, I, I, know, I know at the end of the day, it's always going to be a little bit of competition at the very get go. But if you're telling me like a month or two down the line, you still don't know and still out there still talking to so who shot it depends on how often you guys spend time together, how often you communicate. You know, yeah, that's if we're communicating every day and hanging out like every other day, hanging out on the weekend, and then you still yeah, telling me you still talking to somebody else. Nah, I, yeah, I'm, for me, that's different. Like, if we're, we're spending a significant amount of time together, you know, this, but if it's we go out this week or we have to plan something two weeks from now, something like that for schedule wise, and I'm talking about in the beginning, I'm not talking about like. We're, you know, a couple of months in and that's, you know, how we have to schedule our time together because there are people that work a lot during the week, but they're only free on the weekends or they have to schedule like, okay, a week from now, our life for us to go do this. That's different, you know, and it, it, 
I, I don't want to sound like I'm too all over the place, but that's what works for me. I am very vocal. You know, mm-hmm. I don't run off at the mouth about everything that I'm doing, but as time goes on, if I really like you, I am locked in with you. Like I have to, you know, it's not a whole lot of back and forth and MIA. Like if I'm not responding to you regularly or quickly, then nine times out of 10, I'm not as interested unless I say, hey, I had a busy day at my dad or, or so forth. So Tim wanted to know the definition of what commitment was, but Tim also had another show he had to go on, so he had to leave. So it's just me and you. It's me and you. Just the two of us in this house. So I only got two more questions before we go ahead and close out the show. Um, The next step is what questions should be asked if you wanted to pursue a committed relationship? So you and your girl, you've been dating for, you know, a couple of months or whatever. Excuse me. Mm. Like, what are some questions that you would ask or rather conversations you would have? That would, you know, want you to pursue a community relationship with you. <laughs> I mean, the question, the questions, or the conversations that I would like to have would be, you know, what, what do you see are the next steps with us? Where do you see how, you know, where do you think how long this can go? Do you want a long, do you want a long term relationship? Is that even something that you're interested, in, or are you just cool with? the times and where we are at now. And then, you know, I think a lot of people get into kind of like this, especially the older you get. I feel like for me personally right now, I haven't been on a, like a real date in like, I don't know, like two years or something like that. So like- I'm certified, lovable. So you've been out here smashing and dashing. Whoa, not now. <laughs> not, now. not now. You talk about my younger college days. You know? <laughs> um, but like, the thought, I think sometimes the thought of a committed relationship to people, especially in today's time, it kind of scares them, right? Because we've all been there before. We don't want to get hurt before. So I think having that clear, conscious conversation of like, all right, well, if we are going to do this, how are we going to do this? Right. Um, and then conversations like, you know, are we going to be exclusive or are we not? I know people that are in committed relationships that aren't exclusive. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, they pop up on social media and they be engaged. So having kind of those conversations um, and letting them know from a mental perspective, are you good with not only caring about your feelings, but caring about mine? Ooh, now that's good. Like, are you like, are you sure you're ready to take on the burdens that I have and I'm willing to take the burdens that you have? Are you willing to tell me the burdens that you have? And then we can kind of help each other grow together. And see that, and that for me, and I can be honest and transparent, I am actually scared of being in a committed relationship. Not because I feel like I'm a cheater or anything like that. Like I have, you know, that's not an issue. Like if I'm locked in with you and you got my attention, you got my attention. However, because I have been married before and I have rushed into commitment and relationship and ended up marrying somebody that I probably should have just actually been platonic friends with, I don't want to make that mistake again. Now, am I going to have a person waiting, you know, a long, extensive amount of time? No, but I am very cautious. Let me say that I don't want to say afraid because if I feel like that you and I are on the same level mentally, 
and physically, emotionally, and spiritually, then I'm willing to take that chance. I'm mm -hmm. just not as quick as some women are. Like after a month of dating or two months, I'll give it a couple of months of consistent dating before saying, okay, I think we will work in a uh, a good relationship or let's see if we're ready to exclusively date. Like meaning I'm actually not dating anybody else. I'm making the choice. Like right yeah, now yeah. I'm dating someone, but I'm not exclusive with them. And that doesn't mean I'm talking to other people or anything like that. It's just saying that we're dating. We decided that we're going to date, but that may mean that either one of us can meet somebody else in the future. So depending right. on how much longer we decide to date each other, we may move into exclusivity and eventually a committed relationship. But I'm not putting a timeline on it. I'm not trying to rush it. I'm okay with building my romantic friendship. Because I feel like if you're truly friends with that person, then once you get into commitment, you will be considerate of their feelings. You will be willing to take on some of the burdens that they may have and vice versa versus just trying to jump in and rush. And then you're finding out all this shit, you know, months into the relationship that you probably should have learned, you know, while you guys were dating exclusively. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to know everything, you know, Sometimes things reveal itself over time. And you got a lot of people that's really great at acting. They will act one way and they will, some folks can play for years before they really reveal who they are. But, you know, just for me, I've tried my best to, you know, be more mindful of that and just sit in my mind. Let me be this person, my bad, be this person mm -hmm. friend first and not try to force a relationship. So many times as women, we so quick to just, okay, I need a man, I need a man. Like, no, I don't need a man. I need the right man. So I'm willing to take my time to get the right person that to just end up with anybody. So for me, you know, I agree with you as, as it relates to like um, having those conversations about where we could see this potentially going before being committed. And I have one more question and we'll be out of here because it's like an hour and 20 and I try not to go over an hour and a half because you know mm. people got work in the morning the mm. last question is and this might be I don't know if you've ever been engaged before I know you haven't been married but um, mm -hmm. what conversations that need to take place before getting married so mm -hmm. uh, you're right never been engaged thought I was going to be engaged but never been engaged never married but I feel like um, and this is something and I ain't gonna get into my little deep thing or whatever, but like this is why I feel like the engagement phase of your of the person's relationship is where you actually need to really get to know everybody and really I'm sorry, really get to know your person instead of just planning for a wedding. Because your engagement period is your most intimate period because that's when you should be able to start really, really talking in depth about your finances, your spirituality, mm -hmm. your family, everything like that. Oh, an engagement can be, you know, even though it still hurts, an engagement can be cut off or whatever. But I'd rather be cut off in an engagement or, or you know, break up in an engagement. have to go through divorce because that costs way more money. <laughs> you can get insurance on, you know, um, engagement uh, stuff or wedding stuff to get some right. of your money back. So well, I agree time. with you. But once I get engaged to you, mm -hmm. like once I get on my knee and engage to you, I'm letting you know that, hey, this is what I really want. So now let's dive deep. Let's get a marriage counselor, a marriage counselor and a pastor, two different two different areas. Yeah. But I feel like that's, both, that's both beneficial and really dig deep. 
really dig deep. So, um, yeah. I say the same thing, finances, raising children. For me, I already have children. So it depends on if they have children or if they don't. Like, we got to decide how we're going to do this. Plus, we have a whole other co-parent we have to consider. If they got kids, we, you know, we got to consider them. That's important to me. Um, Adoption. You got to think about that, too. If that's something. Adoption. You gotta think about right. that. You know, if we decide, well, I don't know if I'm going to adopt. I I don't want to say what I'm not going to do because you never know once you mm -hmm. meet a certain person. Because like right now, I don't want to have any more children. But if no, I no, I didn't mean I didn't mean by having other children. I didn't mean by no. having another child. I meant like you oh, adopting. Like okay, well, for me, I don't think my kids can technically be adopted because they have their father in their life. But let's say if their father were was not in their life. You know, mm -hmm. at all, then I could see, you know, having that conversation about legally adopting or vice versa, because I may date somebody that mother might have passed or she's not in her life. I'm not against adopting them as my own, you know, son or daughter. Um, as far as like living arrangements, like where we're going to live, what part of the city we're going to live in, are we going to stay here? Are we going to move? Um, just, I even think about like what roles are we gonna play, or not play. What roles are we gonna do in the in the relationship? Like, am I gonna be responsible for just cooking and cleaning, and or are we gonna share that responsibility? Are we gonna split the bills? Are you like? I know that that varies from person to person and relationship to relationship because everything was differently. But those are conversations that I want to have with my partner because a lot of yeah. times we assume that because I'm a woman and because he a man, the man gonna pay all the bills. And he gonna cut the grass and this, that, and the third. The woman, she's gonna cook clean and this, that, and the third. We can't automatically assume that because you never know how things are gonna shift. And of course, you adjust accordingly. But for me, I like to have that conversation up front so I won't be blindsided or he won't be blindsided or he won't expect, you know, to have three meals a day, seven days a week when I may not be able to live up to that standard. You and know? let me just say for the women in here that's listening, if, if a man wants you to cook and clean and have the three meals and stuff, like, he's trash, okay? It's, we're in 2020. <laughs> no, he's going to have to have a couple of millions of dollars and a black card I can go swipe whenever I want. Yeah, now maybe if he got all that, then yeah, maybe, you know, or if he like a pro athlete or something where he's just never at home and you ain't got to work. Because being a work-from-home mom or work-from-home wife or whatever, that's still a job. It's just a job mm -hmm. at home. So you get, don't you get it. It's one of the most difficult jobs to have. So imagine yeah. actually having a job or if you act, act, actually operate in a business. Like I have more than one business that I'm, I'm working on. You know, I have podcasting. I also mm -hmm. do, you know, a lot of things within the majorette community. I'm working on a, a candle line. So those are three things right there mm -hmm. that get my time on top of being a mother to my kids. And, you know, typically, you know, I would would only have them like three and a half days to four days out of the week. But now I'm having them five days a week, you know, mm -hmm. because we decided that with my daughter being in school, it's better that she they're with me during the weekdays versus uh, versus to how we were doing it. So yeah. all of those things need to have need to be talked about because a lot of times we think, well, once we get married, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, no, 
you need to know or at least try to plan as or prepare as best as possible. Life will throw you a curveball and you have to adjust accordingly, but you do better if you're planned and prepared and you kind of have an idea of what it is that you're getting yourself into because there's no magic wand. There's not a scripture. There's not even a whole bunch of prayers that you can say to fix some of the shit that you actually go through. Like it's actually work that you have to do to build that relationship. And this is coming from someone who has been married and who has, you know, I'm not gonna, well, my marriage did fail, you know, and I don't feel bad about it. You know, I learned a lot from it and I'm grateful for that failure because I learned a lot. It didn't, like it didn't I, fail. Let's let's take that to your vocabulary. It didn't fail. You just both chose to go your separate ways. There's no, I chose to leave. <laughs> but okay. but that's the, like I said, I don't want to go too deep in that. No, but not too deep. I'm anyway. just saying, like, I learned a lot from that relationship and a lot of good things. And then I also had to look myself in the mirror about some shit that I wasn't doing right either. So I just say, moving forward from someone who's been there, I'm going to look at it differently than, you know, someone, I'm not going to say you because you've never been married. Cause I feel like from having so many conversations with you and being on podcasts with you, you have a pretty level head and really open-minded and willing to do the work. But there are a lot of people that have this notion of what a relationship in a marriage should be versus what it actually is. So I wanted to have this show so we can talk about these things. You know, a lot of people tend to watch the replay of the show and hopefully, you know, it'll give you guys some insights from someone who has been married, from a male perspective, from a female perspective, and so forth. So I am going to go ahead and wrap up the show. So I want to thank you, Chris, for joining the show. Now, normally I have a jam of the week, but I forget to pick a fucking song because I've been listening to nothing but 80s music <laughs> all week. And I have not listened to anything recent. And I probably should just play. But see, if I play the song I want to play, people going to talk about me. So we're just going to leave that out for this week. And we'll pick back up with it next week. So, Chris, go ahead and let the people know where they can actually find you on social media again. And if you have anything coming up, you know, any podcast or anything, go ahead and, um, you know, share that with the people. All right. Uh, you can find me. Cmarant uh, one is my Instagram handle. Uh, that's pretty much it. Apparently, everybody doing stuff, and I ain't doing nothing. But I just be working out. <laughs> well, you work out, and you, you have a um a, a clothing line right there. Yeah, workout. Yeah, right yeah. Right, and you got Black Wall Street and stuff. Well, most people just think about uh, uh Tulsa versus yeah, yeah. I was about to say Tupelo, Tulsa. <laughs> Oklahoma, and you're yeah. talking about North Carolina, that is actually still in effect. It wasn't burned down or anything like that, so that's good to hear, because we don't really hear a lot about those type of um, areas. We only hear about Atlanta and, and Houston, you know. Yeah, yeah. Go to Raleigh-Durham, man. Raleigh-Durham is a, is a beautiful place, so. All right, so make sure you guys follow us at H H. At bitch, let me tell you what happened. You can also follow my personal page at Deanna C Music for more content, more you know details about things that we have going on with the podcast. Chris, I want to thank you one more time for joining in. You was my last Mohican. You ride or die with me tonight. Uh, and thank do. you guys for watching. You guys be blessed, and we will see you next week. Peace. I'll be good. Bye. Bye.